There's a dog here. There is a dog here. That's a mean thing to say to your wife. She said it first. No, there legitimately is a dog here named Dakota. Well, I know the dog, yes. Why are you calling your wife a dog? That's terrible. Yeah, Scott, why? I, I'm agreeing with you that there is a dog here. Welcome to I Thought They Smelled Bad on the Outside, a show that is completely whelmed at all times, because we're just that cool. My name is Scott. My name is Jeff. And once again, I question why I'm here. Also, I'm Sam. That's Sam. Yes. She questions where, where, why she's everywhere. It's just her thing. Like, it is the human condition that we sit here and wonder why we do anything. Speaking of wondering, pick of the week. What you got, Jeff? I am going to show my age here, and pick of the week is my smartphone. I finally joined the 21st century last month, and I got a smartphone. I got a Samsung Galaxy. You know, these damn millennials with their smartphones, how useful could it be? It's so stupid. I'm unhappy with my flip phone. I'll be damned if I'm not using the damn thing for everything. <laughs> They're remarkably handy. And it's just, it is, and it's, you know, I feel like a hypocrite now. Damn millennials with your smartphones, using them all for everything. You attach to the things like glue. Ooh, it's shiny. Like, and I need to get this accessory. Man, that accessory looks really cool. Hey, cool VR goggles. <laughs> Why do I need this shit? I don't. No one needs the VR no goggles. No one needs VR goggles. I bought the VR goggles yesterday because I... You, you really bought the VR goggles? We don't know him Now anymore. I can watch myself on YouTube in 3D. We don't know this man anymore. What so, happened to Jeff? Where's real Jeff? Yeah, what happened to him? Watching himself he in died 3D? At work of he died at Black Friday of exhaustion. He was trampled to death. Oh, no. I'm evil clone. <laughs> That's Sam why you go. sound like a robot. Okay, my pick of the week's pretty simple. I've been watching iZombie. Um, I, I admit I've never really been into the Rob Thomas shows, but this one, this one I love. I love the idea that there was a zombie who eats people's brains and she takes on their personality traits to help solve murders. It's delightful. And Rose McIver is so talented. Like she really deserves more credit than she gets just because she, when she has to take on a multiple personality, she has to really get into the role. And it's just, a it's so much fun to watch. Um, so I'm currently watching season two and I still love it. Still loving it. So good cast of characters, a lot of fun, especially if you like procedurals. There's there's some good fun here. All right, so that leaves me. So my pick of the week is going to your wife. I do love my wife dearly. She's very supportive. I feel like I should be and pick of the week is. every week. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the coup de gras, the ball and chain in audio form. There you go. No, really. What's your pick of the week? I'm not letting you get a pick of the week after that. <laughs> his pick of the week is his wife. 
All right, I'm actually going to go with uh, Classical Lloyd, which is a new anime for this season, where, okay, there, there's there's some nonsense that explains things, but mostly Bach uh, plays music, plays remixes of his own music, and then summons robots with it. There's some bullshit about, like, ordinary teenagers who get caught up in this, but it's mostly about classical music with crazy remixes from Tofu Beats and Giant Robots. Sounds rad. It, it's a new show from Sunrise. It's pretty rad. Cool. So that's that's what we got. Uh, I don't think we have any business other than to say that donations for Extra Life are still open. If you did not get around to it, anything helps. Did you donate, Jeff? He did. He was yes, a good boy. Okay, then I don't have to scold you. No, you're going to do that anyway, Sam. Just be honest. Probably. I don't have a lot of energy tonight, so I don't know how much energy I'll have into scolding you. You always have energy to scold Jeff. Damn right. I mean, come on. Well, wait, I already did scold you, so I think... When have I ever talked to you that you haven't scolded me for something? Wait, I just remember this conversation we had about Winston, where I told you he sucked. (laughs) So, great, I've already done that job tonight. Thank you. I did scold you, I'm good. And it it was the first time, and it will not be the last time tonight. It's going to be a a bit of a show. you got time. Yeah, let's party fact, on. I'm, I'm putting up a chalkboard right beside me. One. Let's see how many more we can get. Okay. So, tonight we are talking about some DC animation. New-ish show called Young Justice, which was put together by Greg Weissman and got cancelled after two seasons, because it's a Greg Weissman show. Cartoon Network already is. Well, Cartoon Network sucks, and just Greg Weissman. This is immediately after Spectacular Spider-Man died two seasons in. He has no luck this like, man. Like, they, they shot his show, he got a new job, and they shot his show. <laughs> kind of feel bad for this guy. Especially given that his shows are good. Yeah, that's the other part. So, starts off with uh, sort of a new take on the Teen Titans, where the Justice League grappling with the fact that they are kind of stuck in the public eye all the time now, decide, hey, let's have a bunch of unsupervised teenagers go deep into dangerous territory and deal with things slightly more proactively than we really than is normal for superheroes. Well the first season's also mostly them doing menial crap that, you know, they don't have time for. Well it's not exactly menial crap. It's just like, hey Go do this. Go do this thing. Okay. It's like Robin's hey, team leader, because Robin's the only one that can be trusted. Well no, apparently. It, it, it the gig is hey. You know, here, here, here's a thing we think is going on. Poke around this island and uh, don't die. And then they would mm-hmm. poke around the island and no one would die. Well, I did like the fact that you said they were unsupervised. They weren't. They always had one big-time superhero. Keep an eye on Most of the time it was Red Tornado. Yeah, they, they would. But I always thought like, that was stupid. And they like, here's, you here's a, a tag-along C-lister. With superpowers, and you're just going to sit them on an island and leave them alone? They're teenagers with superpowers. They're going to get into trouble. Especially that Superboy kid, because he's destructive. And, like, you you let the robot watch them, because he's a guy who understands human behavior, right? No, because he doesn't sleep. <laughs> well, okay, that's that's actually a better reason. It's like, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't know what so kind of... He doesn't of- sleep, he doesn't eat, he's like a walking, you know, security system. Kids can't... The kids can fool him, but not for very long. Wee-oo, wee-oo, wee-oo. Yeah, basically, yeah. And then basically it's Except Martian Manhunter. Siren, he turns into a- Usually then it's calling Martian Manhunter. Where's Martian Manhunter to stop the children and have a conversation with them? And if it's not him, it's what? Bruce? 
Bruce doesn't teach anyone how to be. No, he usually just says, good job, and thank you for the information. Awesome. Go away. Well yeah. done, son. Moving Superman, on. Superman is kind of a dick in this show. He gets better as the se- season's going on. In season one, he's kind of a dick. Well, oh, I mean, I, I appreciate the fact that Batman has to sit him, say, sit him down and say, you're obeying a bad clone dad. Get your shit together so you <laughs> right. can clone dad. And he's still kind of like, what do I have to be this clone dad? I shouldn't have to. This is crap. But, I'm unhappy. And then, you know, he gradually gets better. Right. Gradually. It could have been worse. It's way better than when he was, you know, the the early Supergirl comics where it's like, I'm just going to dump you in an orphanage in the Midwest for no reason. To be fair. Because it's Silver Age Superman and he's a dick. Clark's kind of a tool. Let's, I mean, we've said that repeatedly on this show. And in fact, for this particular show, Clark's a tool for most of it. I I quite wonder if the aforementioned Supergirl would... Maybe pop up in season three. One um, can only hope. Because one thing they did from season one to season two, which I enjoyed, is while it was a continuation, they kind of blew everything up and said, "Okay, here's all our characters you know and love. They're all doing something completely different now. Here's a new batch." Well, I think I think that was a cue. One of the better cues they took from the transition from Justice League to Justice League Unlimited is that hey, let's hop ahead and let's expand the roster. And I have to give them a ton of points for adapting the first year of Blue Beetle. They did a really good job. Better than the actual Blue Beetle comic, just by having more, just by adding those extra characters to it. Well, they took, look, they did some really smart things with the comic. They took really good bits and pieces of different comic books. You know, Super, Superboy, the clone thing. They took parts from uh, Miss Martian. They took parts from Blue Beetle. Tail hijacked and said, okay, these are some good ideas which we're going to stick in here. These are some good ideas we're going to mesh together, and here's some ideas we'll tweak and t- turn a little bit. And we're going to all put it in here and make it work. Because this the writing in this show is genius! Oh, it is spot on, and all these characters are just so lovable. I know. I, I hated Wally so much, and then all of a sudden the show yes. made me love him, and I was like, that's not what I was expecting. Curse yep. you, show. I was the exact same way with Wally West Kid Flash. The first, you know, Ten episodes, I thought, you are such an annoying little snip. I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. By the end of season one, okay, you're not that bad. The end of season two, no! Well, you know what? The episode that actually really, really sold me on Wally was the one where, I believe it's Barry, and then the other little speedster and him, and they're running in the tornado. Oh, yeah. And Wally's just like, why do I have to do this? I shouldn't have to do this. And, you know, he's the slowest of the three, given his injuries and given the fact that he doesn't want to do it anymore. He hasn't been jogging for five years. But, but then, like, Jay's but going the, faster than him. Jay! Well, Flash is, look, Flash is looking down and going, kid, you're a superhero. You're wearing the costume. This is kind of what we do. But the fact that they could, they roped him back in even after he tried to fight it so hard. And I, I love the way they wrote that episode, just because Wally, you know, he's he wants to be a civilian in that episode, and he wants to just have a nice life with Artemis. And all of a sudden, they're getting roped back in, and he's struggling with that. And I like that he no longer is just that joke of the show, because the first, most of the first season, he is a joke. 
And it isn't until that they start to characterize him a little more, like we get to learn about his family, his feelings for Artemis, that all of a sudden he transforms into this really fantastically written character. I mean, and his jokes are corny. And I, oh, that's, I've that's always just Wally, that. though. Just it. I've always loved his corny jokes. And like, I wasn't well, sure I, if I was... One of my old... Sorry, go ahead. Pro- probably my entire, my all-time favorite episode series so far is late in season one where every one of the team members is holding something back. They got a secret and they all reveal at the same time. Um, when Artemis reveals, okay, I am the daughter of a super villain and my sister is a super villain too. And they're all just like, yeah, so they're your family. You don't get to choose those. Reveal their secrets. Miss Martian revealing that a white Martian isn't bald. A white Martian looks kind of like a, some monster that came out of Harry Potter, but they all, they all are so, I don't know, honest, revealing. They sound like real people, which goes to my next point. The voice cast of this damn show is really spectacular. Let me throw some names out there. Crispin Freeman, Playing, Nolan North. Well, Harry Crispin, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to highlight Crispin Freeman for a second. He's playing four different characters in this show. And only two of them have a similar voice. Well, no, they they all sound similar-ish, because, but the fact that he can play two different Roy Harpers yes. and yeah. with that much nuance is pretty awesome. Is is impressive. But this, this is Crispin Freeman, though. I mean, you, you just kind of expect perfection from Freeman, and you usually get it. Name, a bad, Crispin, name a bad Crispin Freeman voice acting role. Um, the character he played in Photon? Photon was a special show, to be fair. Yep. The other thing I can think of is is uh, Batman Arkham Knight, because I save him every other time. He's always that one, you know, regular citizen that's getting mugged in Arkham City. Help me! Can I leave you alone for five minutes? He's the shopkeeper in Fallout Fort Far Harbor. Yeah. And he's just like, buy some ammo. <laughs> well, it's a good piece of advice. I, I I hit things with a bat that's made of fire. Eh, well. I liked Arsenal. I liked Arsenal. I mean, I still I still think I still argue to this day the best VA work I have ever heard is Crispin Freeman in the melancholy not the melancholy the disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya because the when entire he's talking movie to is himself? monologuing. The entire movie is Crispin Freeman monologuing, and it's still fun to watch. Okay, so other characters. Okay, so Jesse McCartney. Was not expecting him as to be that good as Nightwing. I uh, I think Jesse McCartney was the only one where I went, eh, I would have picked a better Nightwing. He was still really good, don't get me wrong. As Robin Nightwing was like, hey, he wasn't that good. Stretch of the imagination, but considering how many good performances in there, he's the low point. Now, low point on a really good scale, but still. Yeah. I mean, for something that didn't really rely on recasting anyone right like they they didn't they didn't rely they, they didn't lean on any previous dc actors except for um who am i thinking of uh bruce greenwood he'd played batman once before really yeah he was in uh, under the red hood oh yeah no, you're right and that was a good batman yeah that was a pretty solid and batman. A good joker despite what everyone says well, okay. The, the the scale for voice actor Joker voice actors is, you know, way up. So having John DiMaggio, you know, do a good job of kind of bridging 
Bender and Jack Nicholson's Joker in that movie. It, it's great, and he he turns in a solid performance as a secondary role. But other, I so disagree with that I hated John DiMaggio's Joker. I thought it was the worst. Up there was number two. Up there with Jesse Eisenberg's Les, Lex Luthor. Okay, that's just harsh. That's, that's harsh. Way that's harsh. cruel. But I'm I'm actually the my big hat tip is going to be to Rob Lowe as Captain Marvel. Rob Lowe's Captain Marvel was actually the best thing ever. Because I, I, Captain Marvel is the best thing ever. Well, I, I just appreciate the way the show portrays him as being the kid that gets to sit at the big kid's table. Like, because he's eight. Well, he's you know an eight-year-old boy, and he gets to hang out with the cool teenagers. Every time yeah. Captain Marvel came on, I kept thinking of Rob Lowe's character on Parks and Rec. Because it was like he was channeling <laughs> that, that, that level character. of enthusiasm, right? Yeah, like, like he was channeling that character with so much enthusiasm and so much excitement. Dick Grayson, you are literally the greatest man I've ever met. <laughs> like, well, he, he's he was perfect. you know corny eight year old or corny twelve year old, but he wasn't ultra campy corny Captain Marvel from um, um, JLU Justice League Unlimited. Well, that, that he had a different role in that show, right? Like he he was to be. So far past what su- the corniness you expect of Superman, he comes off as a foil. Yeah, he, can I? Can I? T- well, say? That, was the, that was the line. I said, "We like him. He's sunny. I thought I was sunny. <laughs> You're nothing compared to Captain Marvel, dude." <laughs> I really love Captain Marvel and Brave and the Bold. By the way, he has some of the best moments ever on that show. <laughs> Brave and the Bold is crack. <laughs> who was who the Joker in this show? I'm trying to remember now. He showed up in like one episode. episode. Yeah, the Joker in this show. If there's one man, what were you thinking? That was it. Oh, it the was Joker Brent this Spiner. Acts like a crackhead. It was Brent Spiner. I know. Trying to be trying to be Heath Ledger. That was it. Ugh. Yeah, and it came across as if this is what would happen if the Joker did a lot of drugs. Yeah, <laughs> he'd still be creepy and crazy, but he wouldn't make a damn bit of sense. Not that he makes a lot of sense anyway. But <laughs> I really liked uh, Edward Nigma's voice actor. I thought he was fabulous. Uh, Dave Franco. Who else is? What else has he done? Uh, okay. Uh, the name sounds familiar. Uh, I'm looking. Okay, so he is in a lot of things. Um, major role would be uh, the drug dealer in Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah. Okay. Interesting connection, but okay. You know what? I just thought he did a really good Edward Nigma, like channeling what the animated series had at times. And I, I don't know, like anytime Nigma appeared, like he was just so delightful in ways which, because I actually genuinely don't like the Riddler as a villain. I, I don't know what it is about Nigma. He usually just creeps me out. But this show, he was delightful. And every time he came on, I giggled. So I liked him quite a bit, as well as I really liked Nolan North's appearance as Clayface. I thought he actually did that very well. No, well, Nolan, there's another example. Nolan North always knocks out of the park, but Nolan North is Connor Kent, Superboy. That yes. was so much fun. I, and I can Superman. just tell he was having a blast with that role. Especially like, given, like, you know, his angst levels. It was pretty great. He did a really good job of making it d- believable, like having a teenage fit over things like girls and... Why do I have to be Superman's clone? I ask for this. What, what I got? Why do I got to deal with this? Why don't I have all the powers? To be to be honest, his, his I want to throw out another one here. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say like uh, his little crush on Miss Martian was pretty cute. They were cute. I like them. It's, it's a good segue to mine. The one character 
I went into season two wanting to hate with all of my being was Lagoon Boy. God damn it, if Yuri Lowenthal didn't make me like him. Lagoon Boy was cute, especially given that he's generally not likable. You stole Miss Martian from Superboy. You son of a bitch. I hate your ass. And then meanwhile, he's like, I'm really cute, honest. And you're just like, like, yeah, six episodes later, he ain't so bad. (laughs) Uh, Come on. And doing Beast Boy, this time as a much more straight character than Teen Titans, because. The, the yeah, stepping back I was, a bit. I was so expecting Raven to turn up at some point, but she never did. I think nope. that's something. So that they, they kind of talked about their plans for season three at a comic con after the show had been canceled, and bringing in Raven was another thing. They wanted to bring in uh, Jesse Quick, and I think one of the other speedsters. No, Star- no Starfire. Uh, possibly Starfire. That seemed like an obvious one. But I think uh, no I'm, love for Terra. <laughs> no love for Tara. Neither of them, I guess. Boo. But I, I think stepping back, it's like I didn't, I didn't catch the wave on Teen Titans. I didn't either. Uh, by the time it was on TV, I was working Saturday mornings, and I know people mm. love it to death. Uh, but I enjoyed Teen Titans, and I'm going to get hate for this, so I'm getting out the chalkboard, Sam. Whenever you're ready, I don't think Teen Titans Go is that bad. Oh, that's I've, fine. I've never watched Teen Titans Go, so I can't even like lacerate you well, for it. Well, Teen Titans Go is a different beast and it's just like, hey, this is this is, is, it, is a fun t- game. T- t- Would you say Go? out of curiosity, Scott, because you've read this, is it like Art Balthazar's Tiny Titans? Um in terms of humor? It yeah, it's a funny show. I think it's still very much just playing in it it's not relying on that story. Sort of, that that cutesy fun <laughs> Art okay. Art Balth- Balthazar does. It's more it's sort of just this weird superhero sitcom where it's like these guys are wacky roommates and sometimes a pizza is possessed by demons and you have to fight the leftovers in the fridge. Yeah, because Teen Titans Go is incredibly popular at my work and I haven't seen it. So I don't I can't really be like, I mean, yeah, this is the stupidest thing ever when I haven't seen it. But any fault, any fault with Teen Titans Go, I completely forgave when they made Weird Al Yankovic voice dark side <laughs> exactly that was officially the point that you have gurn carte blanche you may do whatever you want <laughs> that's awesome you, you get weird al on the show side. and you're you win and i mean having glorious godfrey on this show played by tim curry same thing i'm so i was so happy with that and i'm glad that yeah. season three is happening so they can pay off the glorious godfrey story arc because because he's he's a plant from apocalypse and he's yeah. he's he's good. Let's well, he, Tim Curry. Yeah, and I, it's really, Tim Curry. I know Tim's not doing very well in health, but I sure hope we can get a mic in front of him just for a few lines. If they can get him for a few more days of recording, just to get this year out, yeah. that'd be rad. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Can, can I talk about actually my favorite character, and he's in both seasons? Oh, Scott, you know who my favorite? It's Aqualad. Yeah. This version of Aqualad is actually my favorite. And they ported him to the comics good this time unlike when they tried to port artemis to the comics and then killed her off in a terrible crossover event that was terrible see i didn't like in the original teen titans the way that aqualad was portrayed this this is a completely different character well that's what i like is that this is still aqualad but it's a different character with a very different personality and i love the way that he goes into his transformation as um is it black manta yeah as like the, the whole undercover year, I think was fantastic. Oh, that was that was just so tight. 
That was like, so tight. The way in which they got him and Artemis to work together. And I love that almost the entire season, they don't get caught. Like, it isn't until oh, yeah. the facade starts to crack, which is right at the very end. Well, it's, he it's holds not, it together. It's not until we're going to fuck over Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I did some digging. And it is either Raish or Raz. It is the same word. One is Arabic, one is Hebrew. <laughs> Interesting. I wish there was some I, sort of level of consistency, though. For well, that. I, I, I think I, Raish is probably I, better because Al Ghul is Arabic, but considering the writing I, staff at comic books, uh, yeah. Raz. Raz. Hey, I got the answer to that. In Batman Beyond, Raish Al Ghul showed up inhabiting the body of his daughter. That's creepy. And Terry called him to which Raish corrected him, actually it's known as Raish. So it's Raish, not Raz. Raish Al Ghul. Yeah, but Liam Neeson, N- Liam Neeson says Raz, and I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm safe enough for I generally Liam Neeson. Rule that I don't argue with Liam Neeson. I'm just saying. He's going to fuck you up one style. Raish said his name was Raish. Or Taken style, sorry. Yeah, he, he, he's going to token you. He's going to token me if I, call, if I contradict him. Regardless. <laughs> Black Black Manta that like Black Manta's whole season I thought was just absolutely mind blowing. I was so invested in that undercover story, and just well, I, I, w- I also just think Aqualad's hot. I'm not gonna lie there either. Scott knew that part as well. He's like, you think Aqualad's hot, don't you? I'm like, I'm sorry. Well, he he is in a skin tight, seamless uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. I do yeah, like the, I do like anyway. the costume design in this. No, show, no, though. but. The costume designs are actually really good, and that's a good segue, given, you know, again, the changes from season one to season two for characters. Also, Zatanna's outfit is adorbs. I love Zatanna. We need more Zatanna in things. Not so much her dad. Zatara, you know, oh, actually, actually, actually Zatara stuff made me feel great. like I'd never cared about Zatara or Dr. Fate. But that episode was like, ooh. That one was kind of heartbreaking. And then watching poor Zatanna. My feels. Yeah. I I felt for her. And I felt for him. Still hate Dr. Fate. But that's okay. I had a lot of feelings. Actually, one character I wish they had done a little bit better. And I think that's only because, again, there was so many characters this time around was Babs. I think Babs gets to short. I don't know. I I, I enjoyed Batgirl. No, no. I I thought the voice actor did that. I would have liked to seen her have more scenes. That's well, the only that, complaint I had is like that's like, what I mean. It has nothing. To, I didn't had, get enough character, but but that's my complaint. It's not that the voice actress didn't do a good job. Babs really gets the short end of the stick in season two. She's there. She gets a couple really good moments, but overall, she's actually the one with some of the weakest characterization. I mean, if you think about it, Zatanna gets more characterization than Babs does. Yeah, she she doesn't immediately tie into any sort of. Uh, immediate character dynamic. Uh, her and um, I'm I'm gonna say Wonder Girl just are there. Yeah, they're they're there and they're cool, but they don't necessarily get their moment of like, hey, I have a problem with this guy, or you know, this thing is happening to me. They're just there to fill out like uh, Delta Team, right? Nah, eh, there's a few of those. I mean, Static Shock is in this series. I almost forget he's in the series, but he is there. Well, cares about that, that, those, those four, um, it's it's Static, Apache Chief, and two other people that are 
Names escaping me. The, the names escape me, but those four are like, you know, reach science science experiments is that it, go their own way. One of them, te- no, is it Tempest? No. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they have this like three episode arc. Here's these four superheroes out of the corner. You know who they are. He's like, maybe I know who they are. We're like, that's Apache, right? And I'm pretty sure that's static. And who are you? And they're gone. So who cares? Well, like we, we care about Apache Chief because he has backstory ties mm-hmm. to Blue Beetle. Which is different because I mean, normally I was I was sort of when they introduced Blue Beetle, I kind of wanted Paco to show up and just beat someone half to death with a stick. That would have been rad. Maybe they, they could still do that for me in season three, but by tying his backstory to Apache Chief, that gives that gives it a little more stuff. But see, that's my hope with season three. I really do hope Babs gets a little more front and center, mostly because one of my issues with. Batman cartoons in general and Justice, like any DC cartoon, is that Babs is never important. They always have her, but she's never important. Like, Scott and I actually watched one of the DC Girls movies because I got it from work and I was really excited about it. We totally watched the first five episodes of DC Superhero Girls. And, And, I mean... And Babs wasn't actually important in that either. That was weird, but also I just want to point out that Gorilla Grodd and Amanda Waller run a school. And that's hilarious. And that's that whole idea is worth the price of admission. Like, the movie that we ended up watching actually had more to do with, it was Wonder Woman and Supergirl. And Barda. And Barda. Barda was cool in that. Like, DC Girls, I'm going to have my little segue about DC Girls, but DC Girls is actually pretty awesome. Um, and there is something about it. Where they get a lot of the characters right as well, but just with a little less maturity. Because, you know, it is for little girls. Um, but you can still recognize these characters. And, like, I actually, I love Babs's outfit in that series. Because she's got that cool bat hoodie thing going. Which I thought was really cute. And I kind of want that. I think they uh, there are a couple places selling I want them. that bat hoodie. Not gonna lie. But yeah, like, I'm really happy that that's a thing. And I'm hoping with that that you'll see some of the characters from Young Justice also appear. Um, because interestingly, in DC Girls, like, Harley is a hero and Pam is a hero. And that is so confusing because they shouldn't be at all. And yet they're like, girls can do anything. And I'm like, the show is great. I love it. We should go back to Young Justice before I, like, talk more about dc girls i'm sorry i made you watch dc girls scott <laughs> except that you liked it which was kind of funny okay dc superhero girls is just kind of silly fun but young justice ah, young they justice were so good at juggling so many balls and I'm, I'm not gonna fault anyone at cartoon network that was upset for not getting an episodic show and pulling it for that reason but This show juggled about five subplots at once and could pay them off. And still managed to clean them all up by the time the series ended. Yeah, and they paid them all off in one glorious goddamn episode. Like the episode where the uh, Aqualad breaks breaks cover and fucks over the Legion of Doom right in front of Ra's al Ghul. Just like, fuck you, we won on so many levels. And Ra's al Ghul is like... I can beat Batman on a good day. What happened to me? Yeah. That's a great response. I watched um, 
I watched parts of season one on TV. I didn't think I ever got the whole thing, but I never saw anything of season two because I think they changed the time schedule or something. Oh, they but anyway. They, when it they kind of hosed it, they kind of hosed it. They they like was, they not only changed the schedule, but they were like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna do this thing where we put it on hiatus for a long time, drop six episodes in one day, and then put it on hiatus again." Assholes. Uh, yeah, it didn't make any sense. Anyway, I watched season two on Netflix. And I didn't get spoiled, but as soon as I saw you know, uh, Aqualad is, is now a bad guy, I'm like, no, he's undercover. And I just kept, no, he's undercover, he's undercover. I said the and it same was finally thing. Revealed, when it was finally revealed that, yes, he was undercover, I was like, yes, yes, I was right. Told y'all, suck at everyone. Because everyone had been watching it, but whatever. Jeff, I did I was the so same proud thing. of myself for figuring that out. Like, I spent the whole time going to Scott. He's undercover, right? This is not legit, right? And Scott's just like, keep watching. I'm like, no, this is not legit. My poor Aqualad, <laughs> what are you doing? And then I guess as I kind of watched, I was like, oh, oh, he's totally undercover. There's there's no way this work is working. You keep dropping little hints and dr- little more hints. And then finally, it's really, yeah, you were right all the time. At which point, you and I both did a victory dance. We'll admit it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Victory dances all around. Yep. And a lot of flailing at Scott. I did a lot. Well, that's like an everyday thing for you. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the comeback, Sam. Come on. I got no comeback. Okay. And three. Anyway. You're really waiting for this comeback, aren't you? Apparently. Yes. Are you sad that it's not coming? Okay. It, it'll come. So Blue, it. Blue Beetle's plotline. Pretty fucking awesome. Yes. The, the, the whole, like, when the other Beatles showed up and Aliens, like, this is really freaking weird. Well, okay. But and, I like it. And I, I like when the aliens come and they're like, we're going to make peace with everybody. Well, that, that looks so yeah, weird. This is a DC show. We know how that works. Well, it's, it's also while all of the Justice League is on trial in Space Court. Space yeah. Court. And it's, it's less fun than when the Justice League put, um, decided to defend Green Lantern in Space Court. Just because you don't get the Flash spouting random Latin to kill time, right? But I have these important. You must quit. I, if the, I have some very important matters to discuss. Habeas corpus. Corpus. <laughs> Ipso facto. If it doesn't fit, you must quit. <laughs> right. Uh, By time. Oh, Barry. For the fastest man alive. Yes, he were he was the perfect choice for this role. Well. Except in Justice League, it was Wally. Was it Wally? Yeah, well. Yeah, because yeah, Barry know. actually knows legal terminology because he's a crime scenesman. Well, so is Wally in that series. Just Wally's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, well, also Wally's silly. And we, I, I do have to tip my hat to whoever decided to name the Green Martian who has beetle powers Barzoom. Oh, yeah. Because I'm just like, God, that it, that's kind of a deep dive into old school pulps to get that. <laughs> I love who voices him, too. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yes, but you know who it is, Scott. He... He's from Star Trek. Who, who was it? It was the guy who played Jordy LaForge. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was. Because you and I were like, oh, my God, it's Jordy LaForge. <laughs> Well, everybody's there's a Star Trek character in DC everywhere. That's well, true. I mean, well, we did get Mariana Sirsis, the head of the. She was Queen Bee. Evil B. lady. I can't remember. She was Queen Bee. The Queen Bee. There it is. Thank you. And I'm and I know uh, 
Michael Dorn has to be in here somewhere because he's everywhere. Yeah, I mean, we can't hit not have a Dorn, right? It wasn't, and we said Brent Spiner was in it earlier? Yeah, Brent Spiner's in it. Because Brent Spiner. There's quite a few, actually, now that I think about it. I mean, not not as much not as much as uh, Gargoyles, right? Yeah, yeah well, Gargoyles had everyone except Patrick Stewart. Yeah. I mean, everyone except Patrick Stewart. Yeah. That is true. Oh, no Michael Dorn in this show. What the hell? It's a little bizarre. There's season little... three. Give it time. Season three. We'll, we'll get him in there. I, I'm, sh- I'm sure for some reason Calabac will turn up and he'll... Yeah. Dorn will voice him again. Well, yeah, yeah. If if they are going for... Shad will show up and Weird Al will voice him and all will be right with the world. I think they're getting... I want to say they're getting... Um, Darkseid was in this, so I'm sure they'll bring that guy back. And I think it was... I want to say it was uh, Ron Perlman is dark side. And you're, okay, fine. Yeah, you, you can't Perlman really say side. no. Weird Al is, uh, is friendly cousin Larry. <laughs> Larry dark side. From CSI in that. Yes, For, he is. Yeah. Oh, he actually is the voice of Barry. Okay. Yeah. I was like, that was bothering me when we were watching it, and I couldn't figure out. I was like, that voice is awfully familiar, and not in a good way. My mom watched a lot of CSI, Libby. But yes, this show, awesome. Uh, it, Netflix, once again, proving that every time I think, do I really need Netflix? Season three of Young Justice. Okay, fine, here's $10 more. Yep. The, the, when do I get it? Because, I mean, there's a long gap between now and season two of Voltron and whenever this comes out. Right. Well, every they, they seem to do that to me. Every time I'm like, man, Netflix, I've watched everything good on Netflix. Oh, The Crown just came out. That was fun. I'll watch all The Crown. Okay, I'm done with The Crown now. Now, I guess I can watch a little more Supergirl. What? Voltron Season 2? What? Season 3 of Young Justice? Fine. Money. Here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn you, Netflix. Damn you for taking my money. Uh, they're, they're doing good work. Damn Scott and I for making you want Netflix, and then you went home and got it. Well, it's... Well, it is all your fault. Well, You're just, okay just think, One more Jeff. thing I can blame on you, Sam. Just think, Jeff. If you had been nice and waited, you could just now, this week, finally buy Daredevil on Blu-ray. Yeah, well, yeah, just now. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I'm tempted to pick it up just because I, I got to see what special features are on it. Fourth season of uh, House of Cards too. I like making faces at Scott, especially disapproving ones. <sighs> this, this is my life. This is my life. I mean, it's sad that some Netflix shows manage to get DVD releases before others. Like, Orange is the New Black has well, had DVDs for, like, ever. But Daredevil Season 1, we're only just getting now. Well, they, they know where most of their audience is coming from. Yeah. I, I still I still think they're, they said they're going to do a TV series or, like, a bunch of short movie TV, sh- you know, straight-to-TV movies for Inhumans. And I still think Netflix is sitting there going, hey... Extra money if you want to put it on our show. Well, I mean, they're probably the only people who could pay to uh, animate Medusa's hair. Right. And when Black Bolt says something, you do realize the entire place has to be destroyed. I mean, everything. The whole thing. You 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 have to you have to wire every window. And, if he sneezes, the world explodes. And, and the you full know that's right. demo rig on the building to make that work. Right. If he sneezes, we're all dead. I mean, everyone. <laughs> I like Young Justice. 
It's uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. And if you haven't watched it and you have a Netflix account, don't be dumb. What's wrong with you? Go watch it. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad this show's Done coming back. Watch- I'm glad the Wiseman curse has been lifted, I guess. To an extent. We'll see if it gets a se- we'll see if season four happens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The fact that Netflix brought back a Wiseman show from the dead is it's a pretty awesome. strong indicator. I mean, it's way better than what ended up the the Wiseman curse's effect on Star Wars Rebels, where he just laughed and everyone else kept trucking along. Mm. There's good shit here. It is, it is good shit. If you haven't done it, check it out. Season- oh my god, this is an episode where we where everybody liked something. Yeah, I know, right? After, you know, the defeated episodes of not liking things and having bones to pick. Yeah. It's we- all positive positivity here on I thought this was my outside outside. I- I because say, Sam's here. No. It's if, of- if Sam goes away, everything goes to hell. Oh, well, thank you for that compliment. That is so not world- true, though, but, you know, thank you for that compliment. Yeah, well, the world is a dark and horrible place, and then Sam shows up, and it's a bright and sunshiny, wonderful land. Wow. Compliment your, compliment your wife, Scott. I'm trying to help you out here. Sam. And your wife. You're, you're great. You're great. Wow, I'm only just great. <laughs> you can't see me right now, Scott, but my head is in my ha- hand. I'm just face palming right now. <laughs> Love you, too. And now it's a double face palm. <laughs> Love you, too. Okay. I set it right on a T for you. I set it on the T. I give you the bat. And it's swinging a miss. <laughs> well, swinging a light hit. Maybe it was a bunt. <laughs> was, yeah, rolling bunt. Slow roll at a third. I'm going to go home now. You oh, are home! That was fast. <laughs> Alright, so next time we're going to talk about a thing. Until then, have a great week. Goodbye! Remember to love your wives. You're killing me. I love that movie. That movie's awesome. I thought they smelled bad. On the outside. Thank you for listening. I thought they smelled bad on the outside is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, 3.0, unported international license. Visit our website, sbopodcast.com, for more episodes, contact information, social media links, and if you could be so kind as to, please subscribe and rate our show on your podcasting app of choice.